0: Hammer Down Show on 1017theHammer, 1017theHammer.com, 1017theHammer mobile app, and of course you can tell your Alexa to play 1017 hammer. We're going to pop on over to our Hammerhead hotline. We're going to bring in from goldenblack.com Brian Newbert, who uh, does a, just a tremendous job of covering Purdue basketball all the way from the recruiting stages uh, all the way to uh, when they uh, get to do Senior Day, which will uh, be here on Saturday. Uh, Brian, uh, always great to have you on. Uh, let's get started with some of those seniors uh because there will be speeches made here on Saturday so um I, I don't know g- kind of go through this group of seniors and in- what you think their legacy what their impact <laughs> will be on this uh program when we look back on it years later.
1: Yeah, I think that um it's kind of kind of a unique senior class because they were um they kind of went through everything. You know, they they kind of ran the gamut from you know, winning the Big Ten and almost making the Final Four to having a season ended by a pandemic uh, to not making, to also, you know, being in that situation when the pandemic shortened the season of being a team that disappointed and would have missed the NCAA tournament most likely had there not been a pandemic to then, you know, playing during a pandemic and, you know, uh, them having a lot of success last season to them obviously now being part of the team that, you know, got Purdue to number one in the country, uh, which I think is probably the thing 100 years from now this season will probably most be remembered for, even though it's a little unfulfilling at this point, given that Purdue won't have a Big Ten championship to show for it. Uh, But I think all those guys were really steady. Um, I think they all had their ups and downs. Um, I think uh, they were good program guys for the most part. I think that, um, I don't know if they ever became those sort of Really overt leader types, uh, things like that. But I think they were, I think Sasha Stefanovich and Eric Hunter, you know, were pretty decent kind of lead by example guys. You know, I think Sasha Stefanovich was really good for the program. I think he was, he was kind of produced stability uh, the last couple of years. I think he was sort of their, their equilibrium um, to a certain extent. I think Eric Hunter obviously has had some ups and downs here the last couple of years, but I think he's been good for the program. I think Tregon Williams obviously was. a was a borderline star, you know, I mean, he was an all American as a junior. Um, I think he's been kind of one of the faces of the program because, you know, he's such a charismatic guy. He's a likable guy. Um, I think obviously early in the season, he sort of became, became one of the faces of college basketball because people were framing Purdue in such a way that look how good Purdue is. They've got an all American coming off the bench and he's cool with it. You know, I, I I don't know if he's necessarily closed this season as well as he would have liked, but I think that, um, um, I think he's been a big part of Purdue's identity the last couple of years, and uh, I think that each one of those guys kind of kind of leaves a pretty distinct legacy at Purdue.
0: Brian, you brought up uh, you know with Trey being the face that there were a lot of expectations for this Purdue team, um, and uh, after losses, uh, people tend to uh, I don't know freak out about about these things. They have set the bar awfully high, and I, I see people throw around terms like this team is a disappointment, and I can't believe we're at a point where we're talking about a 24 and 16 being a a disappointment uh, because I don't think that it is. I, I, people are just very irrational. I mean, we had Ray Phil Davis on uh, what on Tuesday talked about. Uh, he remembered w- when he first got onto Twitter his senior year, and people were more vicious on Twitter about this team than they were about you know his, his senior year. Um, are, are, were these? I mean, were the expectations too high for this team in retrospect now, or is it just, you know, this is more on the fans. The, the team is actually pretty solid, 24-6. and six. I mean, this is uh, some of the best numbers of the Painter era as well. Give me some perspective on this.
1: Yeah, I, I think the term I like to use is unfulfilling, as opposed to disappointing. The season's not over. I mean, you know, there's still plenty of stuff that can happen here in the next few weeks that would you know probably turn all of those people on Twitter who are spitting venom right now into into something, something much different. But, you know, when Purdue was number one in the country, when they were unbeaten in non-conference play, I remember saying this and writing this often that what's going to happen when they just can't outscore everybody? You know, they are going to have to show that they can win basketball games differently and they're going to have to show that they can become a really good Big Ten team And I don't think Purdue ever became a great Big Ten team. I think there is a difference between being just a college basketball team and being a Big Ten basketball team, because I think the game is played very differently. Different things matter more, and a lot of the things that matter more were some of the things that, you know, Purdue was never great at, or they took too long to get, you know, up to code with, uh, in in terms of, you know, their half-court defense, taking care of the basketball, uh, kind of things like that. They never really valued possessions they never really maximize possessions the way that you tend to have to to be able to win close games in the Big Ten that being said and I just wrote my column about this on our site is they've had atrocious luck this year um to lose on two uh buzzer beaters the way they you know the way they lost at Rutgers the way they lost at Wisconsin those shots were you know crap essentially and that comes down to just bad luck plain and simple Yes, Purdue could have been better in those games prior to those moments. But why did the burden of perfection have to be on Purdue prior to those moments? It came down to those situations where you just got, you know, screwed by bad luck. Essentially, um, I think that's a big part of Purdue's story here. I think a bunch of other stuff kind, of, a bunch of other stuff kind of went into this, on top of the three buzzer beaters they lost on, and the, you know. Th- the four shots that were made within the final 16 seconds of games to beat them. I think the Michigan postponement obviously was bad luck. I think the fact you got Trace Jackson Davis in foul trouble at Indiana, and Indiana was better because of it was bad luck. The same thing happened with Kofi Coburn at Illinois and Purdue wound up, wound up winning that game. I think the fact that a couple other teams who were going to go on to share the big 10 title brought back six year seniors because of, because of the COVID allowance. I think that was an unprecedented circumstance that changed the, changed the complexion of the Big Ten race when this was Purdue's turn. I think that mattered. Um, Those aren't excuses. Those are all things that happened. You know, I I just think this team wasn't quite good enough to be a great Big Ten team at this point. They might be a great college basketball team. They were a great non-conference team. They weren't a great big ten style of basketball team to this point, and a lot of other stuff happened where they just weren't able to overcome it. I think that's what kind of is the story of Purdue's season to this point, but obviously there's a lot of season left and a lot of opportunities left to to, to kind of rewrite that story. but I think that's just it was just sort of one of those seasons where you know somehow some way Wisconsin wins every close game it plays in um and somehow some way purdue got in the sort of close games you have to be able to win on the road in a situation where you're the better team. But when you're the better team, your worst day oftentimes still has to be just good enough. And on four occasions this season, it wasn't quite good enough. And it came down to one play. Purdue got bad bounces. Purdue got, you know, kind of, kind of the short end of the stick a couple times on just sort of the breaks of the game. And, it's kind of too bad for them because um you know just a couple of very small things go differently i know that's uh that sounds kind of empty but a couple of very small things go differently and produce record is very different and uh all of those fans on twitter are are finding something else to you know spit venom about
0: yeah which has been Robbie Hummel's commentating for some reason. I I don't understand that, but that's a whole other thing. We're talking with Brian Newbert here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Let's look forward a little bit to uh, next week here, Brian, as uh, everything's still going to get determined for the Big Ten Tournament. I get that seating wise and all that. But uh, if you are Purdue here, uh, are there a couple of teams that you want another shot at in the Big Ten Tournament, preferably? And are there a couple of teams here where you would just like to avoid at all costs, you think?
1: I think Purdue... I I will take this comment to my grave. I think Purdue was the best team in the Big 10 this season and I don't think there's anybody that would scare me if I were Purdue. Um you know, as taxing as Illinois was to play against, I don't know if I'd want them right before the NCAA tournament. Um but if I were a if I were a vengeful individual and I played for <laughs> Purdue, I I would want another crack at Wisconsin. Um I would want another crack at Michigan State. Uh, I would want another crack at Indiana, even though you still have them coming up on Saturday, Uh, because those were games that, you know, obviously Purdue, one way or another, saw saw slip away on some improbable uh, sorts of events. And uh, I do think Purdue's still the best team in the Big Ten. I I said all year long that I thought Purdue was best positioned uh, to make the sort of winning streak that would kind of would kind of change the uh, would sort of change the complexion of the league when they went one game up and then they had a week off. I thought it was over. I thought you know they were they could pretty much start printing T-shirts at that point. But obviously, I was very mistaken because they got in in two close games and and lost both of them. Those were the you know the most painful back-to-back losses since you know that Ohio State and Michigan State swing a couple years ago in a very in a very similar situation. Uh, too and uh you know Purdue just couldn't win those close games. They needed to win. Um but in terms of who you'd want to face in the Big Ten tournament, I I don't think I don't think that there's anybody I wouldn't want to play other than other than Illinois simply because of just 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 how much goes into having to play them. It's so physical and so tiring and um I would probably prefer not to play them, even though they're really good and that would be a great test
0: going in the NCAA tournament. And can I be honest with you for a second? I, no. I, I like Vengeful Brian, to be honest with you. I think we should try that out a little bit. Vengeful Brian sounds pretty cool to me.
1: <laughs> well, I was... Talking through the perspective of a third party, I'm saying, <laughs> if I were if I were Purdue and I were a vengeful person.
0: Okay, all right. So we're not you know. discounting that, which which I like there. Um, before but, I let you go, uh, you got a big thing with uh, Alan tonight, right? You guys are going to be over at the Union uh, Hotel.
1: Yeah, I, I hope it's a big thing. Um, Alan and I are going to be over at the Boiler Up Bar. Um, going to do like a like a. Uh, I guess they're calling it Thursday Night Live. I don't think we have a guest host, though. I don't think we have a skit to open it up. Okay. But um, I think that uh, we're just going to have one of our Golden black live shows um, from the Union. And uh, anybody who wants to, anybody who wants to come out and heckle Allen uh, is more than welcome to. And um, if not, I think we're on Facebook Live. I believe. Um, I just go where they tell me. I don't know if I necessarily have all the uh, have all the pertinent information, but I. I think we're doing it at 7 o'clock. Yes, we're doing it at 7 o'clock. I I have to be there at 7 o'clock, so I assume that means that we're doing it at 7 o'clock. It'll be on Facebook Live. It'll be at the Boiler Up Bar there at the uh, Purdue Union Club. And uh, it'll be interesting.
0: It's fun. I went out for some of the football ones there. I I had a lot of fun with uh, Alan and Tom. So uh, I know you have fun with Alan and, and Brian out there tonight. Get on out there and uh, support that. Again, goldenblack.com is just a great resource here because Brian uh, works so dang hard with everything from just uh, not just the uh, current athletes here but prospective ones in the recruiting process. Uh, He does an absolutely tremendous job. Really, really should pick yourself up subscription. I love mine, and uh, they do a great job. Brian, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for giving us a little perspective on this team and uh, appreciate your time. Best of luck tonight. Thank you, Jared. No problem. All right, take care, buddy. All right, we're going to take another break and uh, we'll come back. More Hammer Down show will await you next here on 1017 The Hammer and 101. 101-